On this episode of Talking Schmidt, I'm joined by Justin Kleiner as we dive into week three now of fantasy baseball. And in the second half of the show, Justin and I discuss what's going on in the college football world. I have all that and more coming up next. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 23 of Talking Schmidt. I'm your host, Ethan Schmidt. I am in the Schmidt House Studios. I got it on the first take this time. Uh, Joining me for the entire show, sometimes we like to do shows like this, and I feel like with what's going on currently, uh, with kind of everything that's up in the air with college football, uh, I just figured it's best to have Justin on the entire show with me because we're also taking each other on um, in fantasy this week, so it all just kind of played in and, and made sense. So, Justin, welcome into episode 23 of Talking Schmidt, and hopefully we're going to have a new logo for this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure as always, Ethan. Uh, even sweeter now this week that, uh, you know, you're going to take your third L in a row in fantasy baseball, so uh, at the hands of... Uh, you know, my, my amazing team. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're excited. We're going to have a good week. And uh, I think we may eliminate you from the playoffs. You know, it's crazy because when you look, and we were talking about this uh, before we, we went on, um, I have the thir- the fourth most points scored, but the most points scored against me. My first two weeks, I've had uh, two of the top teams that I faced, and both of them, uh, my brother the first week put up 720 points on me, and then Brian this past week, because obviously it wasn't the week and a half like we had the first time around, still put up over 500 points on me. So um, I have just not drawn the best luck in the beginning uh, of this. However, when you look at our when you look at our conference, I, I believe I'm the only one, or our division, I'm the only one that has, hasn't won a game yet, but yet still, again, I'm the fourth most points scored it makes no sense yeah if you, if, so for those uh those listeners who have seen the uh social media post about it you know we've got uh, i think what a total of eight teams playing right now um and you know the divided you know four teams or excuse me five teams so a total of 10 uh five teams each division east and west uh, right now, the East seems to be the best, uh, not just because my team is in it, uh, but with just the, you know, the two that have scored the most points, uh, you know, in the East. So the East is going to stack up to be tough. Uh, what's going to be really tough, you know, only two teams from the East and two from the West are going to make the division. Uh, so somebody sitting in that three spot like I am right now, you know, could legitimately have the, the second or third best team and be on the outside looking in. Uh, so just the way that that shakes out there is going to be pretty interesting. Just with that shortened season, uh, you know, if you have somebody that comes out of the gate slow, like, uh, you know, a few teams are doing right now, you know, you could be eliminated from the playoffs mathematically after week three. Yeah. Which is what you said you're, you're going to do to me. So, which is what I've said is going to happen. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not claiming to be a prophet by any means. Uh, but I have called a few shots here lately and they've been good. Uh, so right now, you know, my team's looking pretty good. I've scored more points today than any other team in the league, which has never happened. Uh, so I'm on quite the hot streak. So hopefully we can hold on still real early. I uh, got, you know, pretty much the rest of the week to go. Uh, so we'll see if we can hold on tight to this one um, and pull it out of the end. Well, yeah, you talked about if we look at projected um, playoff matchups right now, 
obviously Brian Brake, the top team, and I'm hoping to have Brian to, to talk about kind of his success early on later this week. Uh, of course, Jared Karkoff, the top team in the West right now at number two. My brother's at three, and then, of course, uh, Mike Rabbit actually sitting at number four. Uh, so he's there, and then um, from there, you're in fifth. Uh, the guy who handed you your first loss, Jake Stansel, he's in sixth. And then uh, from there, it kind of just rolls out. And I'm actually not in last place because of how many points have been put up. So I am technically eighth overall right now. I, w- I want to throw that out there. I'm not in last place. Yeah, but we won't mention the two teams underneath you because those are pretty sad right now. Oh, we... Uh, so we won't even bring that up. You know, we've got our, our own expert uh, <laughs> fantasy baseball guru, John, uh, kind of dragging up the back of the field right now. So uh, he, he's had a rough go. It definitely hadn't been a fair shake for him. Yeah, and, and I believe are they? No, they're not. I would say I thought I thought Tyler and uh, Tyler and John were taking each other on this week, but they are not. Um, so there's a possibility um, that there could be three zero and three squads because um, Tyler's taking on Mike, who's having a, a fair like the game he or the series he had with Cody was very close, um, and then of course AJ. Uh, so John trying to get his first victory of the season against AJ. Um, Allison. So we'll see how that rolls out there. But uh, uh, so far, like you mentioned, you had a great start on me. Uh, a lot of a lot of big points. A lot of my guys had Monday off. I'm going to put that out there. So I have about three, maybe three spots not even going tonight. Um, obviously, because I can't drop anybody to fill those voids. Um, mostly, I have. I believe I have two outfielders not going tonight, which kind of hurts. But um, every one of my infield positions are filled, but I just, I don't have judge tonight. Who's been kind of, kind of the consistent for me. Um, and then of course what's been killing me and I know the same thing and we can get into this topic is, uh, not having the Cardinals Cubs series over the weekend. Um, I had Jack Flaherty who still has yet to pitch. Uh, he's pitched one game who was great in his, his one debut that he had. Um, but since then haven't had Jack Flaherty, um, we haven't had John Lester and you and I talked about this. A lot of the Cardinals players that you had on your roster, Tommy Edmond, Matt Carpenter, you just had to say, I got to drop him at this point. Cause we don't know. Um, you know, even the, the pirate series now has been pushed off because of, uh, the coronavirus cases with the Cardinals. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of it was late to be announced. Uh, I know I missed a few. I had, some Cardinal players that sat on the roster and took up some spots and some players that could have provided some points that could have made up a difference in the loss I had last week. Um, you know, the communication just isn't quite there, and I don't know if it's because of how – I don't know if it has anything to do with the platform that we're playing on or what it is, but you you really have to investigate to figure out whether a player is starting or not yes. uh, because the information they have on the app isn't always up to date. Yes. Uh, so you really got to be plugged in and know what's going on. I know Mookie Betts. I started him one day last week, and he was sitting out with a uh, with a hurt finger. So uh, you really have to stay in tune with it, or just be really lucky. Uh, so I would say anybody that's performing well right now, um, I would say most of it's probably luck. Uh, and then I would say second would just be staying up to date with you know who's actually starting and who isn't. You know, what's crazy is I, I've talked to Brian a little bit. And I, I was just like, man, I was like, you know, we're, we've been close. At one point, he was up on up by 120, I think, on me. And I think I only lost by 30. Maybe it was 40. But um, 
I was at, I mean, I asked Brian and actually Cody made a comment today. He commented on it. So if you follow us on social media, as, as Justin said, I, I try to post our updated standings every Monday, um, give you guys a little screenshot of what's going on on uh, both Facebook and Twitter. Um, and Brian commented back to Cody and he was just like, I haven't touched my lineup this entire time. Like how, how, like how big, like, it's not like a slap on the face, but it's just like, you know, it, Brian either just really has been getting extremely, uh, he drafted really well, or he's just got really lucky that he hasn't had to really worry about who to bench and, uh, who to start. Yeah. Not, not a shot at Brian, but I'm going to say that, uh, that it's a whole lot of luck, uh, because I've tried to do the whole roster management deal. The majority of it is absolute luck. So I, I think that's I think that's your biggest your biggest thing is just luck in fantasy baseball, especially in this shortened season. Again, if it was a full season, I think it would be a little different. But right now, you know, sixty games, you know, we're over, a, you know, a fifth or sixth of the way home here. Uh, so I think a lot of it's just pure ass luck. Uh, so you know, not not saying those guys haven't done a good job. Uh, but I know Cody's real big into transactions. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that Brian hasn't touched this is pretty impressive. Uh, that just shows he's got some pretty consistent players. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, he hasn't been bit by the corona bugs like other guys. I know. So, uh, you know, I I, uh, I rolled the dice and picked up a bunch of Marlin players. Uh, you know, I figured once they came back, they'd be super well-rested and performed well. <laughs> uh, and then they were back down again uh, because of the team they were playing. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, you, you got to keep an eye on these Corona guys and who's down with Corona. And, you know, that's, uh, that seems to be the hardest trick in the book right now is figuring out what's going on with the coronavirus and how that's affecting fantasy baseball. Well, I do want to give one shout out to Jared Karkoff because before this all started, um, he let me know, uh, that he was going to win it all. That was what he told me. So, uh, right now he's two and oh. Um, and he's he's still hanging to it. So I I, I mean it, he has had a really good team. I know he's made a few transactions. Uh, it's kind of sad. I, I don't want to bring that up because I know I can actually look. Uh, I think on one of my league manager tools to see how many transactions people have made. Um, and Cody and I are like at the very very tip top um, of how many uh, how many ads and drops we've had. Uh, throughout this I did think about this and I, I mean obviously you know one of my biggest things is I will definitely um, uh, you know I would have to ask any anybody that did it but I think one thing that we should have thought of you know they said we'll give you extra roster spots but I didn't think uh, I don't know if any of us really thought that so early in the season we'd be hit so quick with teams without that that I think we probably should have had maybe a larger roster size. And the only reason why I say that is I think we have 25 spots, which granted, you know, obviously the draft would have gone longer and that was a long draft to start with. But I don't know if, you know, having more players would have been, you know, beneficial for us at this point, because like you said, there was a few of us, me included, who sat there and uh, I didn't have any of my Yankees players for like three days. Uh, I had a few Phillies. Um, you know, and, and then from there, like I said, you know, for the guys that had Cardinals and Cubs this past weekend, you're losing some of your bigger bats because they can't participate. And it's not any fault on the Cubs fault at that time. It was on the Cardinals that had the, had the guys who, um, actually had the, the coronavirus. So if you had guys like Anthony Rizzo or Javi Baez, or I, like I said, I had John Lester pitching, um, or, you know, any of the guys that they really have, 
you didn't have them this weekend. So, you know, I thought about that as well. But, you know, then again, we're also, it's so quick and we only have so many weeks that it's like, well, at this point, is it kind of null and void? Do you think baseball maybe has a handle on how they're going to handle the rest of this? Yeah, I think they've pretty much, uh, you know, set a precedent on how they're going to handle this stuff moving forward. I think it's a great plan. Uh, you don't really hear all the Corona bros in the media attacking baseball now, which, of course, you know, we'll cover this in the next segment. Um, but they kind of have somebody new to go after uh, in the form of uh, college football. Uh, so they're not really focused on baseball anymore. I think they've seen baseball uh, – you know, Rob Manford, for once, has had the testicular fortitude to stand up for something. Uh, and he's done a great job. You know, he you know, he said, look, this is not going to be perfect, but we're going to work through it. And each time we meet a new hurdle, uh, we're going to face it and get over it and move on. Uh, and we're going to have play a baseball season. Uh, so kudos to them. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad we're able to play uh, fantasy baseball. Uh, you know, it's definitely been a real treat. And just to have, you know, my Braves back on TV means a lot. Um so I could only probably echo that for every other American out there. Right. Uh, that's just glad to have baseball back on TV. Absolutely, Justin. I agree Absolutely. with you uh, 100% on that one. And, uh, you know, what's crazy about it is I just saw the update. September 10th is uh, Texans uh, Chiefs. So we're getting close to having a fantasy football draft on top of all of this. So um, exciting times that we'll have hopefully um, the most watched sport in America back when football comes back. And then, of course, having uh, still having baseball, which I, I like you and I have said, I feel like this season has just been more exciting to kind of be a part of um, watching it and just kind of having that. And really, we had seen, you know, everything that was going to be listed about hockey and, um, you know, everything that they said was going to happen with the NBA, with the bubbles and whatnot. It still didn't seem right because we had had everything and everything had been just kind of frozen on those. Um, but with baseball, it was the first time that we really had an intriguing, like, okay, this is brand new. So how are they going to handle this? And like you said, I, I think everybody's just been glad to kind of have something that is, uh, I guess, kind of normal at this time because hockey and basketball is just not normal right now. So to have that normalcy of having baseball back at this time, I think has just been kind of a, uh, reprieve for sports fans, um, and if you're not a sports fan, this would have been a great time to just maybe pick up watching baseball because you would at least have something new and fresh on TV. Absolutely. I mean, you know, even for people who can't sit down and watch a full season of baseball, um, we haven't had live sports in a very long time. So just being able to turn on, you know, your TV or pull up uh, your preferred uh, sports app or pull up your preferred betting app, and just see that there's actual sports to view, to gamble on, uh, is just something that is just you, you never realize how much you miss it till it's gone. You know, we took it for granted just having all these sports. Um, and now we're September is set to be one of the biggest months of sports that we've ever had in the history of sports. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have a lot going on in September, and it's going to be a freaking blast. I, I, I can't wait. Absolutely, man. I agree with you 100% on that. We're going to take our first break here in the show. When we come back, we're only going to have two segments this week. Uh, Justin's going to join me again because we obviously have to talk about what's going on in the world of college football right now. So you'll want to stay tuned for this one, believe me. Buckle up, though, because you know Justin's going to make it a uh, maybe an uncomfortable uh, but uh, fact-based, right? Fact-based, is that what you're going to say? 
Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So a fact base as much as it possibly be. Like I said, buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. We'll be back after this. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget you can catch us on social media. Just head over to Twitter and find me at underscore Talking Schmidt or on Facebook at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right. Let's get back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 23 of Talking Schmidt. I'm joined by Justin Kleinert. He was with me in the first segment. Uh, Not really a Schmidt break because he's been on with me the entire time. So, uh, Justin, in the world of college football right now, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, Division 3, Division 2 all canceled their fall championships. Um, FCS, FBS, a lot of eyes on them. And, of course, us being local and both being Austin P grads, our eyes obviously on the Govs, especially after that great season they had last year. What have what's been going on? What have you seen? How what has been word around the FCS at this point uh, for playing, uh, obviously in the fall, and then championships and how that would be aligned. All right. So, so for our listeners, let, let me let me give you let me give you a little bit of education on uh, college football. Um, so in the NCAA, you you've got three divisions for football. You've got NCAA Division One, Two, and Three. Uh, D One is broken down into FBS, uh, which is your bowl division, and then your FCS, which is your championship division. Okay, um, so with that, uh, your Division Two and Division Three, they've canceled their playoffs. Uh, they're done. Uh, nobody really gives a shit about those schools, so it really doesn't matter that they canceled. Nobody's worried about it. Most people are fans of major FCS and FBF schools. Uh, So as far as FCS goes, they do a playoff uh, bracket for their championship games. They don't do like a big four. Theirs is a full bracket. Uh, You know, you're looking at probably 20-plus teams in their bracket. Uh, They've said as long as they have 50% of the total teams that they're going to continue to play. Uh, So right now, not a lot of your high-level FCS programs have dropped out. So right now, we're a full go for FCS competition. Um, I think things look really good for the FCS level schools. Uh, and the reason being is you think that football is a big money driver at the FBS level, come down to the FCS level. No other sport will be played if not for FCS football. So it's so important to the universities. I think that's one good mark for it. Uh, and I think all these schools have came up with really good plans. Uh, and I think it's a little bit easier for them to control their programs because they're not so large. Uh, so things are looking good on the FCS side for now. Uh, <clears throat> I will tell you, I, I put out a phone call to Gerald Harrison today. Uh, <clears throat> no shock that uh, he didn't answer. Uh, no shock that Austin P doesn't have anybody in the office right now that you can get a hold to in athletics, uh, except for the ticket office. The ticket office is open because they still want your money for season football tickets. Um, so they've had mine since about February of this year. Uh, so I plan on being at every Austin P home game this year. Uh, spoke to some people in the athletic department last week. Uh, as of last week, late last week, um, they're a full go and they're expecting to play. Uh, so, you know, I know Austin P doesn't really have anything set in stone at the president position right now. Uh, those of you who are close to the school know that President Alyssa White uh, has left for Sam Houston State. Uh, so she has now departed Austin P. We have an interim president. Uh, so right now we're conducting the president's search. 
uh, and we also filled our head coaching vacancy with an interim coach. Uh, so we're ready to roll right now for the 2020 college football season. So at the FCS level, everything looks good and ready to go. Well, I will say this much. Uh, it has been reported that more than 50% of the FCS teams have officially canceled fall sports. That was, of, uh, I believe, two days ago. So it looks like we okay. are actually not having the FCS uh, the playoffs at this point. And that was because the Big Sky, I believe, dropped out, and they obviously have 13 teams. I think it pushed it to 68 total teams. So at this point, I, I think teams might add – I, I, like we said, we haven't heard 100% from everybody, um, but it does look like about two days ago it was reported that over 50% did, and that was because of the Big Sky making their announcement. Okay, that that's news to me. I, I haven't heard that they've, that they've met that threshold yet. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Uh, it was a tweet that went out that said it was 68 total. Um, just kind of reading through what I've seen here. Um uh, so yeah, that's what we're looking at. Um, I will say this much, you know, we were talking, you know, beforehand, I know you said that not many eyes were on division two or division three. I know for, from covering division two for five years now, I know that there's a lot of kids who, um, uh, at the division two level who they're still, I believe, trying to see if they want to, like, trying to still make them play at this point without a fall championship, um, which was just kind of mind-boggling for them and a lot of guys who were saying uh, that it didn't make sense to make that happen. Um, and I think we're seeing that with a lot of the lower levels that are, are getting that kind of same treatment because they really don't understand what's going to happen. And for a Division two or Division three program, it'd be extremely hard at this point to be like, well, let's just push it to the spring. Um, because even times in Division two and Division three, you still have guys who are multi-sport athletes, unlike when you really get to Division one, uh, you know, you might have a few track guys. Um, same with Division two, but it, it's more common to have that same effect. So they have to look at, you know, giving up a, a, a season, which could be scholarship money or extra money that they get. So um, I'm looking at that. And, and with that being said, I, I, you just look at, um, you know, you, you got to feel for those guys, too, at, at all these levels that are, you know, sitting there. And then also they're going to be watching possibly, possibly, which we're about to get into this, have a chance to watch FBS play, and they're just wondering, well, if those guys can do it, why can't we? It's just absolutely piss-poor leadership at the school level. Uh, Just another example of leftist ideology uh, and their impact on the education system. Uh, They are not pro-male. They're not pro-masculinity. They do not like football. These are the same people that years ago tried to shut football down over concussions okay so first off let's everyone in academia is not a fan of football they may be a fan of the money that football brings to their university uh but at the end of the day their allegiance and their alliance is with academia it's not with sports they they don't care about sports you know they want to they want to build them another you know uh, another damn like arts building or something on campus they're not worried about it so unless you're a major program you know you're not going to get the love and appreciation that you deserve because people in academia don't care about football again they they're they're not fans of masculinity you know these people believe that it's controversial to say a man is a man and a woman's a woman so you know they sure as hell don't want men going out there and, and showing masculinity by knocking the heck out of each other 
So, you know, it's just piss poor leadership again at the high levels of these schools. You've got just these people that are supposed to be just supremely educated and, again, just can't make a reasonable decision. Yeah, the uh, Big South, Missouri Valley, Ohio Valley, Southern and Southland Conference, uh, they have not said that they were going to cancel. Um, They were still hoping to play, obviously, I believe Missouri Valley. That has North Dakota State, and they're the reigning champs. Um, Three-time, actually, three straight. Eight straight. Yeah, so we we have uh, eight of the past nine. They lost one in between there. But um, for North Dakota State, it's it's one of those things, you know, obviously they wanted to defend, um, you know, and these FCS guys, you know, you, you have to wonder what's going to happen. Is there a way where you could make it in the spring where they might be able to play? Um, yeah. But you, you just can't not have something to play for. I, I, I just That's my biggest concern about this. Yeah. You can't it, have it, something it, well, not to play for. If if football is canceled, there will be no other sports. At the, at the FCS level, FBS level, there will be no other sports. The next sports that you see will be in the fall of 2021. And, and, and there's no point. There's just absolutely no point in it uh, when you can when you can easily get it done now. There's no point. There's not going to be any any. We're not going to come out with a vaccine. And even if we do, say best-case scenario, by mid-January, there's a vaccine for the coronavirus. Okay? Do you think perfectly healthy and in great shape college students, and especially college athletes, do you think they're even going to be able to take that vaccine? No. They're going to give it to people who are immunocompromised and the largest people that are at risk. So, you know, even then, they're not going to give them the vaccine because they're perfectly healthy and as we've seen with this virus, if you're perfectly healthy, you're probably going to be just fine. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and we're going to move into this now because that's, let's get into the actual um, FBS portion of this. We know Trevor Lawrence has been one of the biggest names reaching out. And if you don't know who Trevor Lawrence is, quarterback at Clemson, uh, student athlete at Clemson, Trevor Lawrence coming out and he just says that they want to play. That, that's the biggest thing. They started the hashtag, hashtag we want to play. Um, you know, they, they had, uh, some things that they had written on on this tweet of, uh, kind of like, a it was written out. Um, he dropped a picture of it. Um, they want to play football this season. They want to establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes, um, give players opportunity to opt out and respect their decision, guarantee eligibility, whether a player chooses to play the season or not. Um, they want to use their voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials, ultimately create a college football players association representative of the powers of our players of all power five conferences. Pretty much what he's saying is that they want a voice in this. Um, you know, they're the ones who are going to be putting their bodies uh, on the line. It's not going to be the guys who are sitting in an office making those decisions. And that's what Trevor Lawrence and and Justin Fields and guys like that have come out and said is the fact that they want people to know that they still want to play. It's not, it's not them saying they don't want to play um, because they do, they do want to play. Obviously, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty health issue wise. Um, I believe the big driving factor that we're hearing is that a lot of the people who are making these decisions, um, there is a health issue. Uh, a heart issue risk with the coronavirus that is a that could possibly um, you know hospitalize certain players whatever it is uh, and that's where I think as Trevor Lawrence and a lot of these players are saying is if someone doesn't feel that they need to be around this 
they should have the opportunity to say, hey, you know what, maybe I have, you know, health issues that I don't really feel comfortable with. Let me sit out. I don't want to lose eligibility, though. Um, protect me that way, which I can totally understand with. That's why we have the same thing going on with schools right now. If you don't feel like your child needs to be in the school and you have the ability to have them learn from home, you can do that if you, if you don't feel that that's a risk. That's what that's for. These kids don't need their parents anymore because they're over 18. They can make decisions for themselves, even though they're at the university level, and they still want to play but they also want to protect guys who maybe uh, shouldn't play. I mean, there's always we have players, you know, who do have severe asthma that still play football, things like that, who might feel like, hey, I'm a little bit at risk. Uh, and those coaches all know those kids' backgrounds, you know, and and I know they want to be as protective as they can. But again, there are a lot of players who, like you said, these guys are in probably some of the best shape of their lives. Uh, most of them at this level are in the best shapes of their lives. Um, and have not been beaten down as as bad as guys in the NFL, but they're in the best shapes of their lives. Uh, they're the healthiest they've ever been. Uh, these schools have done great things to make sure that they aren't having these cases spread, and now you're telling them that everything they've done has been for nothing pretty much at this point. Yeah, I mean, if a player, if a player doesn't want to play because of health reasons, that should not be negatively held against them. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. That's perfectly fine. But for people who want to play, let them play. Because there are guys that that after that after this fall, they plan on going professional, whether it be in football or just in a professional career somewhere. Right. So, you know, these guys' lives are gonna move on. And you know, if you're if you're a senior and you've got one semester left, do you really want to put your entire life on hold to wait another year to come back and play football? I mean, I don't know. I mean, each person will have to make their decision. But but the thing is, there is no risk here to these student-athletes. They are going to have the absolute best medical care at, at the university in their training facilities on campus. Yeah. there's not. There are very few players that would be better at home than they would be on a college campus. Because what you have to remember is what's in these locker rooms. Where, and I think Trevor Lawrence brought this up, too, in one of his statements is, a lot of these guys don't need to go back to where they're from ever again. You know, it's really rough circumstances. These guys don't have proper health care. Right. They don't have proper housing. So the best place for them to be is on these college campuses and with their teammates. And and I think you've got people like Karen Rovell. I mean, Darren Rovell in the media who, you know, makes his living off sports. And it's just absolutely 110% against it. And then you've got the Big Ten coming out just wanting to shut everything down. Like, players want to play, let them play. Because what's going to happen, it's going to end up being survival of the fittest, and the best teams in the country are going to rise to the top, and they're going to play this year. And all of your teams who could go on a run or could have a special season like a USF or a UCF, those, those kind of programs aren't going to have a chance. Because they're not one of the top five to ten teams in the country that that can throw their weight around and do what they want. I, I mean, to cancel college football is one of the dumbest ideas that I've ever heard, and it's all by so-called intellectuals that think that they know what's best. And, and from what I heard, the vote was twelve to two. Was that reported by uh, Detroit Free Press? Is that right, Ethan? Yeah, the Free Press uh, was just Nebraska and the Iowa. Only, Nebraska and Iowa. 
Yeah. Where's everybody? Where, where's these other colleges that were in that mix? This is absolutely pathetic. You, you know, the, the fact that they can't stand up and just say, hey, we're, all you have to do is say, we're playing college football, end of story. By the next news cycle, they're on to something else. You know, because listen, let me tell you, the bug doesn't stop when they cancel college football. They're going on to something else. So whether college football gets played or doesn't get played, they're going on to something else in the next news cycle. So you have to stand up and you have to shut these little asses, their little asses down, put them back in their place, and carry on with what you're doing. We've seen it happen time and time again. You take a non-sports uh, segment story with Trader Joe's. They had all the, they had all these emails and people calling in raising hell saying that certain generic brands of products they had in their store was racist. They said, no, all these product names are made in good fun and humor. Our customers don't care. Shut up. We're going to keep doing what we do. And then the next news cycle, it was gone. You know, with our media now, the news, the news cycle moves so quickly that if college football would just stand up and say, hey, we're playing football this fall, it would all go away. And, I mean, you're even starting to see parents of these players step up and say, let our kids play because they realize how important it is to play football. Yeah, I agree with you. I've seen two major coaches in the Big Ten. We, we talked about it, uh, one of them being Scott Frost, obviously, at the University of Nebraska. Uh, he, he, he spoke up and said, we had already prepared to play outside of the Big Ten. Um, and, and that's what they, that's what they're prepared to do if they have to, which I, I want to say this before we move into this, how great would it be to see some of those old, like Nebraska rivalries that they had, like back in the big 12, like that'd be a really cool thing. I know it's a different Nebraska than it was in the nineties when Tom Osborne was there, even when Frank Solich was there. But honestly, it'd be kind of cool to kind of see some of those old rivalries, uh, come back with those schools. I, I, I will say this, um, Again, I've said it before, America's going to come out of this better than ever. College football is going to come out of this better than ever. It will never be the same. Um, there are there are going to be events that, that occur because of what's going on right now, and college football will be better for it, um, regardless of the significant lack of leadership by the presidents of these universities. Um, I, I think it's going to be some great stuff come out of it. I, I don't know if it'll be this fall or if it'll be three or four years down the road. But I think you're going to see a lot of people realign uh, in conferences. And I think you're going to start to see uh, – I think you're going to start to see some really cool stuff out of the college football world. Uh, and, you know, that said, I, I think the NCAA needs to, needs to set, step up and grow a pair. Uh, I mean, if, if they're willing to go to the links that they've went to, uh, to just, you know, demagogue Reggie Bush – because his parents were able to live in a nicer house while he was in school, but they can't step up and put this fire right here out. That's just pathetic. I mean, if they're going to be the governing body of all sports of college of all college sports, they need to step up and put this shit to an end and say, "Hey, look, if you want to play football, play football. If you don't, don't, and just be done with it." You know. But again, that's something reasonable that just about every American agrees with. Uh, but again, our elites in higher education. Uh, think that they know what's best, uh, and all they want to do is see America suffer. Uh, but that's not going to happen because America is made up of some exceptional people, uh, and America will always win. You know, I want to go ahead and, and move into this. It was from uh, Detroit Free Press after they had announced today 
uh, through sources that Big Ten was canceling the season, which I think they might have jumped the gun there a little bit on that one uh, and brought a lot of light. And I think it pissed off a lot of people that made that uh, kind of go back under the table. I will say this, though, uh, Jim Harbaugh, University of uh, he's, he's a UM guy, uh, Michigan. Uh, he spoke out about it, and, and I want to read you some of the things that he, he made. He made a bullet point list. Um, and I, I feel like even though obviously he hasn't been able to win the big game, you know, against Ohio State or really Michigan State since he's been back, he's still one of the most he, he polarizing been, figures in the Big Ten. Right, exactly. But yeah. he's I would still say obviously, you know, without uh without Urban Meyer at Ohio State or Jim Trestle, you know, at Ohio State from the years past, I, I still feel like Harbaugh's kind of the most polarizing name in the Big Ten. He wanted to, he made sure to, to mention that Michigan football program had 11 positive cases out of 893 administered, and including three upon the initial return to campus. Um, they've had two positive tests out of their last 417 administered. They've had zero positive tests out of the last 353. There have been zero positive tests among the coaches or staff over the entire eight weeks of testing. Um, there has been no contract tracing to our fields, weight room, locker room, or their facility. They've had zero pauses in their training. Uh, we've compiled with the we've complied with all CDC guidelines and self-implemented stricter standards for contracting, tracing, and quarantine to prevent spreading. We have followed all health and safety guidelines and welcome and encourage any health department, university administrators, or other sports programs to visit and see how we practice and execute these protocols. Um, as Daryl Conway, our chief medical officer and a member of the Big Ten's medical advisory group, has stated, and we quote here, I wish that others could see this model, end quote. I think that just kind of sums up what's been going on. And I think that you're not, we're just looking at this and they're just like, oh, these guys are whining because they've, you know, been working hard, um, you know, playing a game. But it's not been just them playing a game. You hear the stats. You hear what they've been doing as a program. You you know the the stricter guidelines. Um, I don't see you know I see these schools if they're going to have their teams play, they're not going to be letting their guys go out and do dumb things. There's going to be very strict rules and guidelines, and, and teammates are going to have to step up and hold guys accountable. Someone like a Justin Fields, someone like a Trevor Lawrence, who's going to have to step up. And if they have players who decide that they want to go to a party for no reason those guys aren't going to be playing on Saturday. Let's just put it that way. Well, and I've heard a lot of good things from some college football players, and it's really promising uh, not only for you know these guys' future, but just the future of our country overall. Uh, a lot of really good leadership coming from your upperclassmen that are pulling these underclassmen under their wing and saying, hey, look, if you want to play this fall and us have a season, this is what we've got to do. So I think seeing some of that really key leadership evolve, you know, they are going to make smart choices. Uh, and just to hit on a point like Harbaugh brought up with just the medical staff, you look at most of your major universities, uh, and especially ones with really good football programs, what do each of them have on their campus? Medical staff. Health facilities. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge medical facility on their campus, you know, that people off of campus come to to, to seek medical attention. So they have some of the best doctors in the world right there on their campus, and they're ensuring that things go the way that they should. Uh, and, you know, so I think if there's a program, which I, I'm sure most all programs by now have good protocols set up, uh, but if there is a team out there that is struggling with positive tests, 
Uh, you know, I think if Michigan's willing to show what they're doing and share that with everybody else, I think that's great because everybody wins. Yeah. You know, if, if, if John Harbaugh can have, you know, really great success with that, that'll be the biggest win of his collegiate career, hands down. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I think you're going to you're gonna see some positive tests. That's the inevitable. Um, but here's the problem you run into again. You have very logical stats. The media doesn't care about logical stats. You know, you, you can preach to them all day the low death rate. Well, you know, when you start talking about percentages, well, you know, they think one death is one death too many. And, again, I've stated on here before, not a fan of death, and I'm assuming, Ethan, you're not a fan of death either. Correct. Uh, And, you know, we don't want anybody to die. Um, But, you know, life is a risk. You know, if you want to live in a bubble your whole life and that's what you want to do, more power to you. Um, But, you know, college football is part of normal life. And it, it is a huge economic impact on these cities. Uh, so we're talking about a lot more than college football players not getting to play at the end of the day. You know, if Tuscaloosa doesn't have a football season in the University of Alabama this year, that is a $2 billion economical impact loss that they'll have in the city of Tuscaloosa. Now, listen, I'm not one to you know talk bad about Alabama or anything. Um, but I don't see the city of Tuscaloosa being able to make up $2 billion in revenue. No. So, you know, I, I think we really got to step back and look at the big picture, and I think people are going to have to do what you just did when you read that John Harbaugh quote, is you're going to have to take these facts and just reasonably look at them and make a just decision. Uh, but, again, our, our leftist media culture, you know, Trump has even jumped on the bandwagon of let the players play you know, let the coaches coach. And really what he should have done was just come out and said, no, we should just cancel college football. And then everybody would lose their ever-loving <laughs> mind. And they'd be like, okay, we, everybody's got to play college football, send everybody back to school, and then we avert this whole problem. Uh, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Uh, but if we could rewind the clock and do that, I think, I think that would be the golden ticket there to get some college football this fall. Uh, but again, I think you're going to see a, I think you're going to see a lot of good come out of this. Ultimately, uh, maybe short term a few losses, but I think long term it'll be a win. Uh, and you know, I really hope that these players get to play. Uh, but I am super impressed by the leadership that I've seen out of these guys who are just 20 years old or 19 years old. Uh, just to see their maturity uh, in handling you know a situation like this, unlike we've never we've ever seen in our lifetime. And to just handle it with such grace and such confidence, I think is if those guys can perform on the field as good as they've handled this, man, it's going to be a hell of a college football season, Ethan. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Justin, it's been great getting a chance to chat with you, man. Uh, I know it's been kind of a you know we've we've had a a lot of uh, a lot of highs of highs here with the return of so many sports. Uh, being able to you know start with how we had NASCAR coming back and how they had fans and then uh, how we jumped into actually having hockey and and basketball and then a baseball season and then it seems as soon as we get to uh, probably the well not even probably the most anticipated sports season we were starting to hit that uh, a moment again now where it's just uh, let's attack it and attack it and attack it and see if we can make it where it doesn't exist. But um, I agree with you. I'm very optimistic about this. I think that's the best part about it. Um, I think the optimism, optimism, even with, uh, especially with the, the leak report, if you will, I guess, with what was going on with the Big Ten, um, 
I think what we'll hear from the Big Ten might even be, well, if you feel that you can schedule and make a schedule, then go ahead and make a schedule. And I, I feel like you'll have Ohio State, you'll have Michigan, you'll have Michigan State. Um, you may have Wisconsin. That's kind of an iffy. You'll have Nebraska yeah. and you'll have Iowa. We know that. Uh, I, I feel Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, you know, teams like that, they would want to play from the Big 12, Texas, Texas Tech, Texas A&M. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys. And, of course, the entire SEC, I, I don't see a team in the SEC, maybe Arkansas, but, you know, or maybe Vanderbilt. But, I mean, you know, come on. You know, but I still think even Vandy would try to play. They'll play because they, they may get, since the FCS teams can't get these money games, maybe uh, Arkansas and Vanderbilt can dip into it. Yeah, exactly. So that, that might help them and, out a little and bit. And, Ethan, if we, if, we don't have, if we don't have college football this fall, then all the UT fans can go back and rewatch the 1998 season and feel like it's their year. You know, they've been life champions. They've been national champions. Uh, so, you know, what better chance if football is canceled in 2020 than to just go back and relive that 98 season again? Well, Justin, brick by brick, we're building to episode 24 on Thursday <laughs> for us. Uh, uh, I had to throw that one in there. But, Justin, thanks so much, man, for joining me. This has been episode 23 of Talking Schmidt. We hope to be back with you guys again on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening.